Hello and welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we'll discover what helped them in their career, how they stay sharp, and ways they get the best out of their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a great leader by learning from others. Today, I'm joined by Omb Subiron, the CEO of Kaiko, a fast-growing data provider in the blockchain space. She acquired the Paris-based startup a few years ago and very recently raised over $20 million from investors to expand into North American and Asian markets. Omb is a mathematician by training and took on the CEO role without ever having managed a team, let alone one person before. Given her success, I'm sure Omb will have some great insights and lessons to share with us. Omb, thank you very much for joining this manageable conversation. You're a CEO of a technology firm, you're a mathematician, and you're a woman. This shouldn't be noteworthy, but still I find it important to note. What do you think? So I completely agree. For me, it's about education. It's not something that you can you know, just impose quotas on at the company level, like down the road. Um, it, it's, it's just a question. The, the lack of women in technology companies today is more a question of the lack of kind of availability of supply. Uh, and that is a problem that should be solved way earlier, right? It's about getting little girls excited about technology and math and building things and, and coding and all these things. So I, I hope this is something that should be solved in the future through education and I think it's already changing a lot. We have <clears throat> quite a lot of, of women at, at Kaiko actually uh, uh, except from the engineering team we're about 50-50 um, and from engineers we had one female engineer candidate in the past what four years and I tried to hire her and she went for another job that was better paid. Today there is a premium um, that you have to pay in order to uh, get female engineers, which is interesting. I mean, things are moving, I guess, and that will uh, potentially lead more uh, young students to focus on kind of STEM careers. For me, uh, I, I, I don't know if it was for the right reasons, but I think it was a bit of uh, contradiction spirits. And I wanted to show that actually I could. I come from a family that is relatively uh, male dominated and where um, women theoretically shouldn't really be studying math. <laughs> and so I think I wanted to prove that I could, which is you know, a very bad reason to do something. Um, and I hope, my, I just had a baby daughter a couple of months ago, and I hope she'll go into STEM careers just because she loves it. And I realized I loved it, but the origin, the genesis of getting into that career path was more you know, having to want to prove something versus uh, sheer interest. The actual passion for the technology and math and everything came during the process of studying and not, you know, the genesis of the, uh, of the move. What have you had to give up on as you significantly increase the size of, of the firm, whether it's in terms of culture or, or something else that you've experienced as you grow? Yeah, so for now, I'm very proud that I don't think we've, you know, lost anything in terms of values and culture. And, and I've been horribly painful with that on the hiring process. It's really, for me, a company is not much more than the kind of people that makes up that company. And I've, I, I very often tell the team, I want us to succeed. I have no doubt we're building a billion dollar company. But if we succeed while having lost our values and our uh, kind of pleasure of seeing each other in the morning at the office, 
I will not necessarily consider that a success. So for me, kind of maintaining our values, maintaining our integrity, our intelligence and our um, the pleasure that comes with work. I mean, this is important. We spend more time at the office than at home <laughs> between, you know, I guess 20 to 40 or something. At least this is the moment where you're powering through and working a lot. So if we don't like what we do and if we don't like the people with whom we're doing with, what's the purpose? What's the point? Is it just to kind of make enough money so that you can be comfortable when you're 50? No, it's not about the the destination. It's about the journey. And I, I really believe in that. And and this is something that's very close to my heart. So as we hire, I'm always looking out for smart, like intelligence. Obviously, intelligence is like a must have, but also emotional intelligence, the ability to work as a team, the ability to kind of, you know, go through difficult moments. The startup is like, it can be hard. I mean, there are a lot of hard times. Fundraising is hard. There's moments where I was wondering if we would be able to kind of go through the next six months. Now we're at a stage where we're obviously moving from startup to scale up and we have more visibility on the future. But the the first years of a startup are, are kind of scary. It's the roller coaster in terms of uh, plenty of things. There's like deals that are make or break, right? So far, we're lucky that all of those important milestones and deals have materialized, but it's hard. And so in short, we're looking for intelligence when it comes to brains, but we're also looking for emotional intelligence. That's something that is super important to me. Om says she's been horribly painful in the hiring process. She's running a successful technology firm that ultimately sells data. And yet she highlights the importance of emotional intelligence just as firms like Cisco and Google have been doing for years now, based on their extensive research into the best managers and teams. According to Daniel Goleman, the renowned expert on the topic, there are four aspects to emotional intelligence. First, being self-aware. Second, managing your emotions and being adaptable. Third, being socially aware, and this includes empathy for others and organisational awareness. And finally, managing relationships effectively. And here, Goldman includes influence, conflict management, teamwork, motivation, and coaching and mentoring. Investing in the first three of these, I believe, leads naturally to being really effective in relationships. Um, and then obviously integrity. We value diversity a lot. And when I mentioned diversity, it's not just male, female, it's really countries, religions, food intolerances, whatever it is. It's like understanding that people have different backgrounds, have different education and just accepting that and, and actually not just accepting it, leveraging that and turning that into a strength. And at Kaiko, we're super international, super diverse. And we have a no French policy, which is very weird for a French startup. And it's just about inclusive, you know, being very inclusive. So if there's someone, even if you're just asking, hey, dude, do you want a sandwich? Like say it in English so people don't feel left out or they don't wonder if you're talking about something important work-wise that they're missing out on. So all of that is about, you know, building, bringing on the right values and the right people in order to maintain a culture that can grow with the company. Where's that style come from? Sources of inspiration, role models, or just it's you? No, it's a very it's a very good question. I, I would say it's a mix of a couple of things. So as you know, um, I, I've I've worked for HSBC for almost a decade, and honestly, I've I've had incredible bosses. I love learning from people that are way smarter than me, and and so that's the first thing. Is I think managers should be inspiring and should be 
there to also teach you something to better to become a better version of yourself and it's something that you know I, I respect a lot the kind of learning process and I feel that it's my responsibility now having learned so much from my previous managers to also share that with people that I work with so that's one thing which is more the professional side of thing then it may sound ridiculous but when I was in in college I was actually um, very much involved in the ski um, organization kind of competition team of my university and same thing on the sailing side and I believe that those experiences uh, makes you a good team player. And, you know, when you're sailing, for example, there's no, I mean, obviously there's a captain and there's a crew, but technically everybody's super important and it's teamwork. And I think this notion of teamwork is something that I try to enforce a lot is like give responsibility and accountability to everyone and make sure that they own their own um, their own spectrum of, of responsibilities. And, and I think that's something important as I trust people basically to do important things on their own. And then the last thing is I come from a family of six kids. I think there is also the kind of family style thing that I like, like going back to what I said about the destination and the journey. It's like, I want to enjoy what I do. And in order to enjoy what you do, you need to hire people you actually care about and like, and be there for the hard times and also celebrate good times together. So it's a combination of things, but I think it's a mix of professional experience, personal stories, and then the whole kind of teamwork during um, college and high school and all of these experiences. What helps you stay, stay sharp, stay resilient, and convey a sense of optimism and confidence? Absolutely. I think there is part also of like the entrepreneur trait, like character trait is like, I'm not trying to convey this sense of like optimism i i think it's like you know deep rooted deep down in like what you do if you don't believe that what you do is going to be first useful and successful like it's not just about being a profitable company it's also about building something that makes sense and that deep conviction i think is is what transpires from entrepreneurs when they're just are so convinced about what they do and the fact that they're going to make it happen. So that's one thing is I, I'm absolutely passionate about what blockchain means from a technology standpoint. And my belief is that we are building the company that is going to be able to bridge this kind of traditional capital markets world and the world of blockchain finance from a data perspective. Um, this is what we're trying to build. And so I think that is something I believe in, like that's not you know, wavy at all. And then what is wavy is how quickly are you going to, are you going to meet your KPIs that you've committed to towards your investors? It's, it's a lot about execution. I'm kind of very much convinced on the general direction. And then it's about execution. And execution is hard. I mean, we have a very clear roadmap from a technical product, biz dev and sales standpoint. But it's about how are we going to do everything at the same time with the resources that we have. And, and that's what's what's hard and just to your point also what kind of keeps you going and what gives you the focus it's also about who you have not just as a team the team is for me is number one i mean honestly like they're absolutely incredible i'm incredibly proud of, of who we have working with kaiko but it's also about your investors and your advisors their advice and their guidance and you know introductions and supports is also very important Omp makes a great point about being open to challenges from diverse sources. It reminds me of three questions relating to effective leadership. I've borrowed these from Rosalind Torres, now a retired senior partner from Boston Consulting Group. The first question is, how much time are you spending thinking about changes to come that will affect your team, 
business or sector. Second, how diverse is your network? Meaning people you consult who are very different from you. And finally, how willing are you to try something different and abandon practices that have worked in the past? What tips would you have? Bearing in mind everyone is different, you know, if you even think about your own managers within within Kaiko or, or managers in general who are listening, do you have one or two tips for them to get the best out of the teams they're leading? So a couple of things that for me are important when I work with the managers at Kaiko is a combination of being kind of extremely demanding when it comes to kind of results and accountability from from the team but also caring and honestly like maybe it's a bit ridiculous maybe it's the feminine ceo style maybe it's the maternal style call it whatever you want but i really care <laughs> and i care about the job and i care about the people and i wouldn't want to have a manager who's like a machine it's about having high expectations when it comes to the quality of the work but also really like being understanding that it's all human beings in the back and that there may be things we don't always understand as well Yes. And and is there something you think you would do well to develop further in Kaiko's interests? So I've never done coaching. And this is something multiple CEOs and managers in general have been telling me changed completely their working style in a, in a better way. It's something I've never done that I'm starting to consider. I'm sure I'll, I'll learn a lot. You know, I think I'm at the stage where I don't know what I don't know. Um, so it's, it's like I'm learning on the job. I'm doing as as best I can in terms of trying to be a, a normal human being with while still kind of delivering on promises and, and, and hiring good people. But the truth is, like, I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty of things that I don't even know that I should do or that I should learn. And, and that's why I'm starting to consider coaching. That sounds really good, Omb. And perhaps this is a good place to draw the conversation to a close. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Farley, for the invitation. If you enjoyed this manageable conversation, there are many other perspectives we offer our community of managers worldwide who coach, and individuals from all walks of life who benefit from being coached. That's all from me. I'm Farley Thomas. Until next time.